any fan, any fan base really can ask is that there's hope. And for far too long, the Pittsburgh Baseball Club has been a beacon of anything but. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Going to do something I've never tried before on a podcasting platform, and that's to have a a series, not an impromptu series like the one we had last week where I was just basically stretching out a payroll theme to get through the week. This is going to be more organized, more methodical. Spend some of the weekend thinking about how to do this. Have a Monday through Friday connected session based off a single concept. And what better place to start than the one thing that everyone's convinced, or almost everyone's convinced, is like the Loch Ness Monster and that it doesn't exist. And that's hope. That's hope. Pirates haven't won a World Series since 1979. They haven't won a division since 1992. In there, they had a 20-year losing streak, the longest in the history of professional sports. And after a three-year I don't know if you want to call it an interruption or an aberration or whatever. Depends on your perspective, I guess, of being in the playoffs. They're now right back at the very bottom, certainly at the big league level. Hope is not in abundance when it comes to this franchise. It takes a lot, I think, in these parts for people to even admit that they're fans of the Pirates. Now, I'm going to try something this week that at least begins to outline why there are legitimate reasons. I'm going to give you five of them, one each day, for people to believe that this situation isn't completely lost. And I'm going to try to do it on things that already are known or already are clear, as opposed to making the five things themselves wishful thinking. And I'm going to start today with you. Yeah, you. Yeah, I know this is going to sound like pandering. It's going to sound like sucking up to the listener and whatever else. But at least hear it out before you deem it to be such. The people who follow the Pirates, the people who are passionate about the Pirates, the people who are ticked off at the Pirates, the people who are furious with Bob Nutting, who hate Bob Nutting, all of them, all of them fall into the same pool of people who care about the franchise. People who care. So when one of these national writers comes up with some kind of stupid remark 
like the one we talked about last week from ESPN's Buster Olney. And you look at their timeline underneath the remark, and his was just something about how the most important thing, baseball and the union need to figure out is pitching changes or whatever. And he gets torched on there by two sets of fans, one of them way more vocal than the other. Those were Pittsburgh fans and Baltimore fans. Everything that I saw near the top of that timeline was Pirates this, Orioles that. Why? Because these are two entrenched franchises. They've been embedded in their communities forever. We've had big league professional baseball in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Milwaukee. Seeing the common thread here? For more than a century, in every case, more than a century, in every case, did you know that the Yankees, the New York Yankees, were once based in Baltimore? That the Yankees are a relocated franchise from Baltimore? Look it up! These aren't expansion cities. They're not cities that attract a lot of people from other places, and everyone who lives there is from somewhere else. And yeah, I'm talking about Phoenix, but I guess there are other cities that could apply. This is this is a real, real city. Baltimore is a real city. Cincinnati, Kansas City, Milwaukee. These places would fight to the freaking death before they would allow a civic institution like their Major League Baseball franchises to fail slash leave. This is a strength, including all of the ripping of nutting and the payroll and everything else, all of it. Fact of the matter is, if people didn't care about their team, they wouldn't care enough to hate the owner or to gripe about the payroll, even if they've tuned out the current team. And a lot of them have, and not without cause. I just look at this whole situation and am constantly reminded in a positive sense that there are so many people who care about this team in Pittsburgh, in western Pennsylvania, and even further out, that if and when the going gets good, then we will see with our own eyes PNC Park filled again. The ratings back into the top five or the top eight at the worst in the majors, where they were for a very long time up until last year. We will see all of that. It's a strength. It is It's ingrained in us. I say this a lot, so pardon me for those of you who heard it from me before, but the Pirates are part of who we are as Pittsburghers. Like Fred Rogers, like Jonas Salk, like the Symphony, like the Andy Warhol Museum, the whole long, 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 long list of things that make Pittsburgh what it is, the Pirates are a 
huge part of that. 2022 will be the 136th season that the Pirates will play in Pittsburgh in the National League. This is a strength. This is not something that dissipates over time. This is something that's going to be part of the recovery, the rebound of this franchise moving forward. If anyone associated with the Pirates management, up to and including Nutting, didn't understand that, let's say, eight, ten years ago or whatever it was, they sure do now. They sure do now. They've seen it both for better and for worse. They know who really owns the team, to get back to something that I brought up with some notoriety a couple of years ago, because it is our team, not his. It does belong to the city and the people of Pittsburgh because he couldn't move it if he wanted to. He couldn't move it if he wanted to. That can be another subject for another episode and another day. For now, I really want to emphasize this one point. This isn't the Tampa Bay Rays. This isn't the Miami Marlins, either of whom could could and likely will move at some point in the near future. It isn't the Oakland A's. There is a tremendous situation here as far as the passion of the community for the team, and again, passion can include anger, and the stadium, and the setting, and the history, and having Roberto Clemente Day remind everyone around baseball that the Pirates still exist and, in fact, were once attached to very real greatness. This is a positive. This will mean something. This will mean a lot once the baseball itself improves on the field. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always by our friends at North Shore Tavern, home of steak on a stone. And you have heard me glow about steak on a stone. And another longtime listener had heard me glow about steak on a stone for many months, as he put it. And then he was in town over this past weekend for the college football game at Heinz Field. And he made a point of not only going to North Shore Tavern, but of photographing every component of his experience, including when they brought the stake on the actual stone, on the 800-degree stone, and he had to go about finishing the cooking himself. Had a tremendous time. If any of you ever do something like that and want to share, go nuts. I love it. I love it. I'm happy just to see people get over there and enjoy the experience that's offered at North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar right next door to the Companion Venture. It's right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from 
Josh Hawkins, who asks, how does the hierarchy of the Pirates management actually work? I know there's an owner, a president, a GM, assistant GMs, among many others. How does it all actually function? Well, without getting into super specifics of all this, Josh, the the simple answer, and I think this is what you're getting at, is what does the the pyramid look like? Who answers to who? And the answer in this case is that Travis Williams, who is the CEO and team president, answers to Bob Nutting. Ben Charrington, the general manager, answers to Bob Nutting. But realistically, that's the official component. Because this is different than the way it was with Frank Coonley and Neil Huntington, where Huntington answered directly to Coonley. Coonley oversaw the baseball stuff. Coonley thought he knew way more about baseball than he actually did, so he got excessively involved, which is something that Nutting wanted to avoid this time. So he put into place this structure. Travis Williams will speak openly about not knowing anywhere near enough about baseball to be making baseball decisions. And Charrington will say the very same thing about absolutely anything that involves the business end of the Pirates. However, however, there are areas in which they have to work together. And this is where we get into more of the the nutting business model. And that is that Bob is a believer in delegating, but also communicating and having shared responsibility. So when there's a larger, more cosmic level decision to be made, chances are excellent you're going to see all three of them in the room and in on it. Case in point would be, since I know this is always everyone's topic A anyway with the Pirates, payroll. It would be payroll. It's not that Nutting tosses down a slip of paper from Mount Olympus and Charrington is waiting with bated breath for the thing to make it down to his his uh, sweaty hands, <laughs> you know? And in the meantime, uh, Travis can take the piece of paper away before it gets to Charrington and say, wait a second, I'm going to change it to something else. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. The three of them will get in a room get in a conference room. They have a zillion of those. They're all beautiful, by the way, at 115 Federal. And they'll talk it out, and they'll talk about what's best for baseball. They'll talk about what's best for business. And if you're a believer in the countless nutting conspiracy theories, then he will be sitting there plotting in the back of his demonic head how he'll end up taking all of that money and stuffing it in his wheelbarrow and shoving it up the hill to seven springs but it's all three of them together when it comes to something of that magnitude anytime a baseball thing let me put that another way here anytime there's a business thing that crosses over into baseball and those things do come up that'll be something that's discussed with Charrington right on the spot the same thing is true in the reverse and you're probably wondering, like, what, what could the reverse be? What would a baseball thing be? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? Whenever you're talking about 
a player being called up, a prospect, a top prospect being called up, although you can pretend that this is some pure, wholesome, baseball-only decision, it isn't. It isn't. The business side understands that the season ticket holders would appreciate seeing that player make his debut in front of their eyes as opposed to out in, you know, Denver or San Francisco or whatever. Now, there might be extenuating circumstances where the GM says, hey, sorry, I need this right-handed pitcher right now for this game in this situation because we're a game out of first place or whatever it is, and the GM could override it. But that's not where they are right now, is it? So you see a situation like what you saw in the final week of the regular season where Rowanzi Contreras made his first major league start at PNC Park on a weeknight. Did they sell any extra tickets because of it? Probably not. If they did, it was just a handful. But it was a reward to the season ticket holders who were in the house. Same goes for O'Neill Cruz coming up on the final weekend. I'm giving you more than I had expected here, but you get the idea. It's way more of just an open house, uh, a set of uh, open lines is a better term here, of communication between all three of them as opposed to, I made a decision. Well, I have overruled it because I'm higher than you on the pyramid. It's not really like that. That's just not the kind of thing that Bob believes in. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one, part two of the series tomorrow.